Hello everyone, happy schedule release day. It's Thursday right around noon here. Beautiful day in the Berg. Uh, I will be doing a live schedule release show tonight at 8pm on DVE and I think it's on SNR and all over the place. Uh, tune into that and we'll be letting you know exactly what happens. I don't have any sneak peek on the schedule yet, but we've talked about this before. I don't think the the setup is particularly difficult in terms of quarterbacks and all that. But anyway, anyway, we'll talk schedule tomorrow because um, I haven't seen it and you haven't seen it. So yesterday we went through Steelers versus the rest of the AFC North defensively and talked about Millett a little bit. Today's just going to be offense. So um, cut to the chase. I wrote this article. Thank you for all the comments. I'm always blown away by how many comments that you guys always leave. And 90% of them are always positive and there's very few negatives, to be honest with you. But in this particular case, an extremely high percentage of your guys' comments were all comes down to Kenny. You know, it's a tough division, let alone conference. I mean, the conference is just ridiculous with quarterbacks and the AFC North is no different. It's about as good as any quarterback division in the league. All comes down to Kenny, you know, so I didn't have much of a retort to that. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, you're right. It's quarterback driven league and sure they can run the ball and play good defense and he can improve. And we've taught that all to death. And I, I think the Steelers will be very hard to beat if he can become the 15th best quarterback in the league this year, where I would have said last year he was 23rd or something like that, especially in the second half. He was probably higher than that. So if he can be, if the Steelers can get exactly league average starting quarterback play, which is, doesn't come by easy, you know, league average, I mean, middle of the road, they're going to be hard to beat. But when there's two minutes on the clock and you're playing against Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, blah, 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 we've seen that over and over. You guys have watched Bradshaw and Ben. You end up with a lot of wins when you got the better guy late in the game. And that's going to be an uphill climb for the Steelers. There's no doubt about it. So, as we have, we'll go position by position. This one's probably an easy one. Steelers have Pickett and Trubisky. Now, I will say, I very much believe Trubisky is clearly the best backup in the division, which matters. You know, I mean, folks, 69 different starting quarterbacks or 69 different quarterbacks started a game last year. So, by that logic, that's more than two per team. I mean, I'm not saying Pickett's going to get hurt or Lamar or Burrow or Watson are going to get hurt, but one or two or three or four of them probably will, even if it's for one game. So the chances of seeing Trubisky based off last year and recent hitch history are strong. You know, I mean, there's just no way around it. Backup quarterbacks are important and they were drafted pretty high this year accordingly. Some of the dudes that, you know, we I thought was a sixth or seventh round pick were going in the fourth round, you know. And we'll get to one of those with the Browns here in a minute. So the Ravens have Lamar and they have Huntley. I think Huntley's unbelievably overrated. I mean, I, I think he's a low-end backup. Everything's horizontal. Sure, he's a good athlete. He's a fine backup to how Lamar plays. But he was exposed, exposed, exposed when Lamar was out for that stretch last year. So I don't even know that they have a, a solid backup. But Lamar coming back is absolutely huge. Without question, is a top 10 quarterback. I'll probably do quarterback ranks at some point. I bet he ends up six or seven. And I'm really excited for his sake to see him in this Todd Monken, Monken offense with legit wide receivers doing 
drop back quarterback, throw to receivers, out route stuff. Cause I think he's a lot better at it than many tend to think. Joe Burrow is another superstar and he's going to be a thorn in all your sides and Steeler sides for a decade and such is life. And that's what Ben was, you know, that's that he's that good. I really think he's the second best quarterback in the league right now, May 11th, only behind Mahomes and continues to get better, better from the pocket, uh, better at not taking sacks. He is now backed up by Trevor Simeon which I would say is probably the best backup he's had, but he's just a guy and he'll be kind of an advisor or whatever. Fine. Now, I think you have to put Pickett behind Deshaun Watson, but he was horrific for the Browns last year. Horrific. And he had a 700-day layoff between games, so it's excusable. And as we've talked about, the Browns are – also changing their offense to be less running back centric and more Deshaun centric. You're going to see Clemson stuff with him in the shotgun and three wides, and we'll get to their receivers. They're improved. But he's a $70 million cap hit next year. And with everything they've invested in him, if he's not a top five quarterback, I'm not talking about like pro bowler, 10th best quarterback in the league. It was a bad trade for them, considering all they've given up, cap space, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll get to his backups in a second, but of the 37 quarterbacks that played 200 snaps or more last year, 37 quarterbacks, Watson was 31st in EPA. That's horrific. And he got a little better at the end, a little better. Josh Dobbs is his immediate backup. Fine. You know who he is. Um, he's really a three. But I do like the pick of Dorian Thompson Robinson as a very cheap rookie backup who's got a lot of ability, plays the game in a similar style as Watson, much like Huntley and Jackson, much like Simeon and Burrow, much like Trubisky and Pickett, really. I mean, they have a lot of the same styles of play. I always like that with a backup. Some teams just go the total opposite. And the key is your quarterback's be $70 million. You better have a cheap backup. You can't have a $5 million backup and have a $75 million quarterback room. So we'll see what Dorian Thompson Robinson is. I'm excited to watch him the preseason. But hopefully for their sake, he's a long-term too. It certainly is not within the realm of possibility to say Kenny has a better year than Watson. I mean, he probably did last year. Running back. Pretty good running back group. I would say Chubb stands alone. Steelers have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Ravens have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I also put Patrick Ricard on that list because he plays more snaps than any fullback in the league. Will he going forward? I don't know. Uh, the Bengals have Joe Mixon and Chase Brown, who they drafted out of Illinois. And the Browns have Jerome Ford backing up Chubb. The Hunt is now a free agent, and the Ernest Johnson is gone. Strangely, they didn't add anybody else, but they, asked it, they added Ford last year. Again, they went after receivers, not running backs. Chubb, to me, is clearly the best player at this position in the division. And frankly, it isn't all that close. I think he might be the best ball carrier in the league. He's an okay receiver, and they don't throw it to him much. But as a ball carrier, traditional running back, he's a superstar. Now, it's a little concerning about the depth there. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I would imagine Chubb's workload goes up, but he's putting some years on. Can he handle it? Chase Brown's a nice backup for Mixon, but they lost P. Ryan, who was a quality backup. And I thought Mixon really started to – I don't say look his age, 
but dwindle. I thought he was less explosive, got less on his own, and the, the, the decline might be very, very real. Gus Edwards is a solid two. Ricard has immense value, but will they use that as much? I don't know. That's a weird situation for them. I love J.K. Dobbins coming out of school. I loved what I've seen from him at the NFL level. He's just hard to count on. I mean, that's a Raven trait right now is he's hard to count on in terms of durability. This is kind of a make or break year for Dobbins. So I would take Warren over Chase Brown. Actually, Warren would be my number one backup too. I think he's a legit dude. Najee versus Dobbins is tough for me. Mixon's had a better career than both of them, and on his best day, is better than either one of them, and is immensely talented. Did he play through injuries last year? I don't know what version of Mixon we'd get. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll do receivers, tight ends, and O-line. Wideouts. Division got a lot better in wide receiver. Steelers have Deontay, Pickens, A-Rob, Austin, Miller, Boykin, Olszewski. Ravens now have Odell, Bateman, Zay Flowers, first-round pick, and Nelson Aguilar and Devin Duvernay. I mean, as fourth and fifth receivers go, you could do a lot worse. They were playing with guys like that as their one receiver last year after the Bateman injury. Bengals are loaded. They got Chase. They got Higgins. They got Boyd. They drafted Charlie Jones and Isovisis, the the big tall sprinter out of uh, Princeton, and they have Trenton Irvin as well. Um, The Browns got noticeably better. Amari Cooper, I have mixed feelings about. Cedric Tillman, early pick, their first pick. Elijah Moore, who they traded for. Now I assume Donovan Peoples-Jones is a four, which he's a heck of a four. You didn't think he was a two, but he's a heck of a four. David Bell was not real impressive as a rookie. Marquise Goodwin, still a pure speedster, as is Anthony Schwartz. Those two dudes are small, world-class speed guys. So the Bengals are number one. I mean, their trio is the best in the league, in my opinion. And the combination of Chase and Higgins is the best in the league. And Chase is clearly the best wide receiver in this division. And I think Higgins is pretty clearly number two. So that's not really even close. The rest are all pretty close to me, but I would put the Steelers slightly over the Browns now and the Ravens. Odell, it's kind of back to that Watson conversation. Odell just hasn't played a lot of football lately. I mean, the last time we saw him was the Rams Super Bowl win. And that stint with the Rams late in the year playoffs, he looked really, really good. Is that what they're getting? I don't know. I still really like Bateman. But he's missed a ton of time since he's been in the league. Flowers was my number two receiver. So if all those guys hit, that's a great trio. It's just hard to count on. Again, Cooper, to me, is a good player. He's not a number one. Supposedly, and I've heard many people tell me this, but I can't confirm it. He hates playing in cold weather. He's an Alabama dude. He plays in Cleveland in the AFC North. That's not great. Um, But I do like what they've done. And back to the running back conversation for the Browns. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to spread the field around a lot more three wide. It's pretty clear what the Browns are doing on offense, and they're changing. Tight end. Steelers have Fryermuth, Washington, Gentry. And I'm still putting Connor Hayward with the tight ends. I think he's listed as a fullback now. But uh, for the sake of this, I'm calling him a tight end. Ravens have Mark Andrews, who's 
the best tight end in the division. There's just no way around that. Isaiah Likely, who was quite impressive flashes as a rookie. Charlie Kohler was also, they drafted two tight ends last year, Kohler and Likely. Kohler's more of the blocker, Likely's more of the weapon, and Likely looks like a good, a good one. The Bengals are obviously last at the, the at the position in the division, but I've always had a soft spot for Irv Smith Jr. They may have snuck one out there and got a steal. He, injuries have hurt him too, but he's still really young. Drew Sample's a blocker. Devin Asiasi is a three that was overdrafted by the Patriots a couple years ago. I'm a big David Njoku fan with the Browns. He's starting to really come into his own. Um, Jordan Aikens is a nice pickup for them. And they also have Harrison Bryant. So that's a good tight end room too. The Bengals are last. Andrews is one. I think the Steelers are one though. Fryermuth to me is knocking on the door of stardom. And he's a better blocker than Andrews. Darnell Washington is what sways it to me, though. How much are you going to get out of him? But what he could be, and maybe I'm being a little homeristic here to say the Steelers are the best tight end room in the division. But Ravens is really good. Browns is above average, to say the least, no doubt. Well above average. So I'm splitting hairs here. But Fryermuth to me, I'm not trying to make waves or sound controversial. I thought he was the Steelers' best offensive player last year. His numbers went healthy. There was two games that he played with a really bad foot that he probably shouldn't have been out there. But like yards per route run, I mean, he's like third or fourth in the league behind like Kelsey and the Stars. I mean, so Firemuth might be better than you think. O-line. All of a sudden, this division's got some O-linemen. So Steelers, Broderick Jones, Chooks, Dan Moore, Isaac Solomalu, James Daniels, Mason Cole, Kevin Dotson, Nate Herbig. That's a lot of names that can play. Ram or Ravens have Ronnie Stanley, who's great on paper, but has never been the same since that that massive ankle injury. Signs a huge contract, plays the Steelers, blows out his ankle, and is in a lineup since and has not been the same. Morgan Moses, very solid right tackle. Patrick McCarry is a very valuable sixth guy that can start pretty much anywhere for you. Daniel Falele is that giant they drafted last year. I think he's going to be a bust. I think he's too big. He's too slow. Kevin Zeitler, I don't want to say he's David DeCastro, but he's that foundational 10-year, 12-year guard starter that has a really good career that probably won't ever fall off. Ben Cleveland is more of a masher. He's fine at guard as well. Tyler Linderbaum's vastly undersized, but really came on strong. First-round center. I loved him coming out of school. Um has a chance to be really good. He could be a breakout player this year. So the Bengals O-line has maybe been fixed. I mean, over the last two years, they've put so many resources in it. But you go get Orlando Brown. You paid a lot for him, but you plug him in at left tackle. That has a big ripple effect for those guys. Because then Jonah Williams goes to the right side, or maybe even guard. Leo Collins is still in the mix. Jackson Carmen's a guard tackle. It was a second-round pick two years ago. Alex Kappa and Ted Karras are solid. And Cordell Volson, as a rookie, was the weakest link on their line. But you got to think he's better in year two and probably won't even be a starter anymore. So they've set themselves up well that way. Brown's O-line remains very formidable as well. Jedrick Wills, they picked up his fifth-year option at left tackle. Jack Conklin at right tackle. Probably declining, but that's why you draft DeWad Jones. You know, maybe he'll be the right tackle next year. Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio are the starting guards. They're the best pair of guards in the league. I mean, they're 
phenomenal players. Ethan Posick really played well for them last year. You know, early in his career in Seattle, he's kind of a tall, lean center, 6'5". But they have a great O-line coach. They retained Posick. He's a really good player. Nick Harris was who was expected to start at center, um, but he got hurt early on. Treader was the guy, and then they went over to Harris, and then Posick took it over, and it's still Posick's job, but Harris is still you know, a, a good prospect. They, they took Whipler late in the draft from Ohio State. I thought he'd gone a lot earlier than that. And then the project tackle, James Hudson's in the mix there too. So I'm going to put the Browns at number one, and they probably have the third to fifth best offensive line in the league. But all, five, all four of these, to me, are probably top 10, top 12. I feel that strong about the Steelers. I mean, I wouldn't trade the Steelers line for the Ravens or Bengals. I mean, all those names, plus what Broderick Jones can become, the pair of guards of Solomalu and Daniels, like, it's not Teller and Batonio, but it's in the, maybe it's the fifth best pair of guards in the league, not the first. Ravens are a little concerning, but they've done quite well of late. And we talked about the Bengals, that it's improved. And I do think Burrow makes that line look a little better too. I mean, another feather in his cap of not taking sacks, understanding where pressure has come from. One of the things he's improved most of. So, as was the case with defense, Steelers stack up. You know, I mean, we can keep coming back to it's all on picket. It's all on picket. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. But what he has around him, pretty favorable. So, there we have it. Uh, we'll probably talk schedule tomorrow. Over and out.